This is episode number 88. Who am I? What am I? With Roman Roberts. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lokit, and this is the Overcoming Out Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to give a brief shout out to our review of the week, which comes from Kiara Omens. Overcoming Odds is an incredible podcast, and I have listened to all of the guest speakers' thoughts. Every episode is very inspirational, and it is giving a voice to a community that needs more prevalence in our society. Keep up the great work, Oleg. Thank you so much for the great review, Kira. If you want to be featured on our review of the week, go ahead and leave us one on iTunes. Also, if you haven't checked out any of our upcoming events, feel free to do so at overcomingodds.today forward slash events. These are experiences created by other community members from the Overcoming Out tribe, where you'll get a chance to hear stories from powerful speakers from all over the country, as well as opportunities to share your own story. Once again, for more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash events. Now, let's get back to our guest. This week's conversation features Roman Roberts who grew up in foster care until the age of nine when he was adopted and moved into a family that was less than ideal. It was during that time he had experienced physical, mental, and emotional abuse. Roman then decided to join the U.S. Army, where he became an interrogator and deployed multiple times to Iraq and Afghanistan and traveled all over the world. After this time, he had a challenging transition, but eventually got his B.A. and M.B.A., from American Military University in Business Administration and obtained various certifications. He now works helping businesses grow and prosper by placing a focus on leadership, process management, and quality. He is a husband to an amazing wife, Michelle, who is a teacher and is just as passionate about foster care as him and father to a two-year-old son, Jonah. They live in San Antonio, and as a family, live by the mantras of do great things and how can we help. Without further ado, please welcome Roman Roberts. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Odds podcast. Today's guest is someone who I had the pleasure of meeting through Heather Parody's group, and his name is Roman Roberts. And him and I connected a little while ago, and I remember the first conversation we had lasted well over the intended time that you (laughs) and I wanted to have for that call. But I wanted to have you really on this show to talk about this experience and the journey that you and I both went through, through slightly different um, experiences instead of events. But you were a former foster youth, and you recently had the ability to go back into the foster home where it all started. And the, the topic that you and I originally wanted to talk about was this question of who are you, which is, I think it's an, I think it's an ongoing process. I don't think we're supposed to answer that with 
one sentence and boom, that's it. So, you know, knowing that, how do you answer a question like that when it's posed to you? You know, I, I've had so many different versions of that answer. I've said, um, Roman Roberts, the soldier, um, Roman Roberts, the, the kid trying to figure it out. And I think really and truly the answer is I'm Roman Roberts and I'm growing every day. Mm. I am who I am, but I'm constantly growing. Mm -hmm. How do you think the latest experience and for those who are not fully aware of your story of going back to that foster home when, where kind of that part of the journey started, how do you think that helped you reshape or change your perspective? So for that, that I think I have to, I have to take it back a bit and kind Mm -hmm. of give some context to that. So I grew up in foster care from the age of three to nine years old. And, um, that was at a really interesting time in the foster care system because mm-hmm. they were starting to say that youth couldn't be with older kids and, and different things like that were kind of happening. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of putting some of the rules in place that you see now. And so I was basically, I spent a lot of time with my caseworker. I mean, she was like my mother. She drove me all across Texas. We did so much together. And then she worked really hard to find me a good family. And for all the requirements and things that they were looking for at that time, she found me the best family she thought that she could. And what they turned out to be was not quite that. Um, There was some physical abuse, some emotional abuse. There were different things like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't hold that to the foster home or to my caseworker. Those were those person that that family, they made those choices. You know, they chose to be that person um, and they presented themselves in one way and they weren't really that person. And so I grew up in this really abusive, bitter environment that made me not trust people made me not love people, made me not care about people. And it just made me this closed off, angry individual. And um, so that drove me to get away from that, which drove me to the military. And then I joined the military and I became an interrogator. And I became really great at it because it was changing who you were, depending on the person you were talking to and the conversation yeah. you were having, right? So I was a chameleon my entire life. And now people were going to pay me to do it. So it was like this perfect exchange. And um, it doesn't get any better than that, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it was it was a powerful time because I didn't have an identity at all. I mean, I I literally was just this lump of clay Mm -hmm. and the military became kind of my first structure uh, environment of who am I? What am I? And. In doing that, I, I learned a lot about myself. I gained structure. I gained discipline. I gained all these great things, but it still wasn't me, right? Like I was this person that the military wanted me to be, mm-hmm. and I was doing things they wanted me to do. While I had my own individual thought patterns and things like that, I still conformed to a very regimented box, so to speak. And uh, so after that, I did a bunch of deployments, went to Iraq, Afghanistan, traveled all over the world. So got a lot of culture, saw a lot of different things, and it really made me kind of not really question the world around me, but made me say, okay, what is the world around me? And that drove me to getting out of the military. Um, but then I was totally afraid and I got scared and I recluded back into my shell and I went back to the only thing I knew, which was the military. So I deployed as a contractor again. And um, I did two years with special operations in Helmand province. So one of the worst places at that time that you could be in Afghanistan. And it was just a huge 
I mean, when you're around that level and caliber of person, I mean, those are alpha individuals with they're they're highly intelligent. Um, they're well trained in in military tactics. And so it was just a deep growth moment for me in knowledge and perspective and leadership. And it made me say, I want to bring some of that out to the world. But in doing this, I still hadn't addressed any of my own problems. Right. So I'm still <laughs> this horrible person who doesn't trust anybody, doesn't let anybody in, doesn't know how to love, mm. is still angry about the things that have happened to me in my past. So I have all these great ideas about what I want to do, but I haven't done any of the actual work to myself to make them happen. And I think that's the biggest thing. You got to you got to fix yourself before you can go out and fix the world. You got to love yourself before you can love other people. And uh, so I get married in this time frame and I don't have uh, a real good identity of myself. I don't even love myself at this time. I'm addicted to pills. I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm angry because I can't deploy anymore. Like I, I've changed my whole life. So what was my identity now doesn't exist. So I'm angry. I'm more angry than I was before. And uh, it leads to trouble in my relationship. We eventually get to a place where we're about to divorce. Mm. Um, but we we really start looking to God and looking to ourselves and what we need to fix. And for the first time in my life, I said, you know, I need help and I need to open up to people and tell people what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And I went to therapy for the first time. And it was it was rough. I mean, we dived into everything from my past abandonment to abuse to the military, the things I saw deployed, all these different aspects. And we realized that it was just a culmination of all these traumas that I'd never dealt with. Mm -hmm. So then I started dealing with them. I started learning journaling. I started doing yoga. I started meditation. I started breathing techniques. I started all these different things and trying everything. I would look at everyone's morning routine and I'd say, okay, what works for me? What can I do? And I'd read and I'd read and I'd listen to podcasts and I'd read articles and then I'd watch videos on YouTube and I just absorb all this information that I could. But in doing this, I still hadn't become me. Mm -hmm. I was just repeating what I saw people doing. And um, then we got to a place where we found out we were going to have a son. And I said, okay, I really need to figure out who I am um, to be the best person for my son to show up in his life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I really, I, you know, I found out that I'm a person growing and I'm a person who sees some interesting things and I try them and I modify them. Um, I don't do meditation or yoga the way that most people do. I don't journal the way that everyone says you should, but who's really to say what works for my well being and my health. So Besides I take you. all the, yeah. exactly. So I take all the different pieces and I learn from them and pull them. And that really got me striving to, to figure out who I was which uh, led me to connect with the president of the foster home that I grew up in, which interesting enough, he came to the foster home at the same time I did. Huh. So we, we, he knew me because I was the first kind of child case that he was involved with. Mm -hmm. So kind of a special place in his heart. And um, my caseworker, she actually used to be the house parent at the same house that I was living in when I was a foster kid. So I mean, literally like everything in my life had connected me with these people um, into such a deep level at the foster home. And so now my son is two years old and we go to this place and I can remember everything. I mean, the picnic benches look the exact same way that they did. Um, the gazebo is the same. There's playgrounds. And while it's grown and evolved and gotten bigger and renovated and different things like that, 
the same house that I grew up in still exists and it still had all the same pieces um, from when I was a child. So it was really deep and really powerful to see all of that. And then in the midst of all of that, um, I go up to speak. And when I first walk in, um, my the caseworker who basically raised me as a child, she was there. I mean, she was sitting at, at the little speaker section that was reserved <laughs> for me. And she was sitting there waiting for me. And uh, I didn't come in first. I hadn't gone to the bathroom. But my wife and son went in. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and, and everyone there right there in that moment, they said that she could instantly tell that that was my child. Like she instantly knew because of how much he looked like me. Mm. And, uh, and so that was just real. I mean, uh, the wave of emotions that happened during that day, but to take it back to your original question, I really think that context of the story really has to be there Mm -hmm. to understand how this event changed me. Mm -hmm. Um, because while I had this identity in myself of I'm a person who's constantly growing and striving to grow and change and be better than I was the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a certain piece that I will for, forever be a foster child. I will forever be mm-hmm. Roman Roberts who grew up at the foster home in Stephenville. And that place will always be a home to me. And my mother, for all intents and purposes, will always be the caseworker who most people would say is my grandmother, right? Like, that's different than what most people's framework of family and society is. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's what it is. And so it really made me see that I'm different and, and that's okay. Because if it wasn't for those differences, I I don't think that I would have been able to get up there and give that speech to help those children, um, you know, know that it's okay to love yourself and love others and let others love you. I mean, that was a real powerful premise of where I wanted my speech to land because I spent so not long not loving people and not letting other people love me uh-huh. that I didn't want to watch people make that mistake. So I think I've changed um, and who I am has become a person who wants to spread love, not in the hippie cheesy way of love, but in the realistic, we're all human beings. And at this time in society, you know, there's there's racial prejudice, there's, there's equal rights movements, there's all these different things that are happening throughout the, the world, throughout the U.S. that are, you know, driving divides in people. And really and truly, if we stopped for a second and said, you know, am I loving people to the fullest of my capacity? And I'm at, am I letting people love me to the fullest of their capacity? If we were all asking that question, I wonder what the world would really be like. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a very good point. Um, there's so many questions that I want to get to before I share any of my personal stories that relate to what you just said. The first one that made me think of was you were talking about love and and accepting really just who you've become. Who was one of the first people that really showed you what love was? Oh, man. So the first person who did that I didn't appreciate would be Lucille, my caseworker. Uh-huh. Uh, the first person who I would say that I appreciate truly for doing it and realized it was my wife because she loved me when I came back from deployments and she saw the person in me that's here right now talking to you when I didn't even see me looking past a bottle of tequila, right? So 
for her to see that, I don't know how she did it, but <laughs> she loved me through the worst moments in my life um, to help me get to these moments that I'm at now. Mm. I always find it interesting to be able to go back and pinpoint certain people and the type of impact that they had on you because as I'm sure you're you're aware, I don't think we oftentimes know the impact that we have on people unless they verbalize that and unless they tell us, hey, I remember when you read me this book or you said this one phrase and now it has become the cornerstone of my life and how I operate. You know, mm-hmm. Anthony spoke about the operating system. And I think the thing that was fascinating for me when I spoke with him was he he was so real, like he was so him. And a lot of the things that he spoke about, he spoke about was operating system and how we, I mean, it, when you really think about it in those terms, that's what we, that's what we are. Right. And so the story that we tell ourselves, the people that become a part of that story, they're all critical points. Mm-hmm. Um, what stood out to me after I was reading your post this morning was the importance of giving back. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh man. I could go on for hours about that, but I did not. So I knew that it was going to be an emotional day and I knew it was going to be a powerful day for me, uh-huh. but I did not realize how much I would walk out of that place completely empty and drained. I mean, my wife and I got back to the hotel room. We took our son to see a dinosaur park. And then we just, we all crashed as a family. Like we all passed out. Right. But we were so emotionally drained because we had just given so much. But I woke up the next day and I was like, I want to do more. Like I want to give more. Like that felt so powerful and so great because afterwards, you know, I talked to a, to a kid I say a kid, he's a young man. He's about to graduate uh, high school and move into culinary school. And he was a senior being recognized there. And he was like, man, your story resonated with me. We talked and connected. And I was like, all right, man, like, how do we help you make your dream happen? Right. And so then I started pouring into this kid's life. Mm -hmm. Um, Not because I get anything out of it, because I, I don't. I mean, it's actually more of a time take for me, right? Like, I gotta, I gotta find time to actually fit him into my schedule, but I'm going to find the time because it felt so good to help people grow and stretch the way that people did for me. And while it was so powerful and so uh, intense, I I don't think I would have traded it for the world. I mean, I told him because the day before my car, our battery had broke down in our car. Um, So it just like it died. Yeah, man. (laughs) And, and we were like, and it, it, this is like at, at like 9.55, right? And so we get to a battery place, AutoZone, at like 10 o'clock. No, Advanced Auto Parts because we went to AutoZone first uh-huh. and they said our battery tester is broken. So then we go to Auto uh, Advanced Auto Parts. They have one battery, literally one battery. Like of I can't course. choose any other options. <laughs> There's only one battery that will fit. Um, and it's it's a decent priced one, but it, it's not the cheapest priced one. And – uh Right at that closing time, I'm traveling, right? So we have no tools. So the manager says, you know, we're closed. You'll just have to figure out a way to change it and come back tomorrow. And the guy working, there's one guy working the shift and he's like, man, I got you. Like, I'll change it for you. So I'm just so grateful. I'm like, man, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's usually an easy process, right? You change a battery, 
it comes off pretty easy. Not mine. Apparently, for whatever reason, this was like the world's hardest battery to change that day. And we were out there for almost two hours changing that battery, um, knowing that we needed to keep going and get to get there. So, I mean, it was just so much happened that that could have made it so easy to walk away. Uh And I'm so glad that I didn't because every person that I walked up to and talked to at that, you know, hey, this helped me. Hey, me as a child, like some of the kids even came up to me and said, you know, no one's ever told me that it's okay to love myself and that it's okay to let others love me. And I'm like, they have, you just haven't heard it. You just haven't been listening because I did this thing where I had every person that worked there, supported, donated, was there giving their time, whatever role they had in helping support those kids, raise their hand. And, um, I had the kids look around and see, and I mean, you're talking about over 300 people in a room and hands are raised, you know, and and I'm telling these kids, like, look and see this. These are, these are the people that care about you. These, these people really do love you and they want you to know that it's okay to love yourself and that it's okay to let them love you because they're not going to hurt you. You've been hurt before, but these people aren't going to hurt you. And, uh, and I think being able to say that was so powerful for me. But I think also for them it was, and I know for a fact it was because some of them came up and said, you know, like it really resonated with them. And I think they've heard it a hundred times. I wasn't telling them anything new, but just there's something so powerful about visualization of something, Mm -hmm. right? So seeing all those hands go up in that room, you know, it really gives it a new perspective, right? So uh, it was just, it was so powerful. I mean, the the emotions. And I think for the kids just to be able to see who's really there for them. And just like you said, at different elements of our lives, I mean, we choose to pay attention to certain messages over the others. And some of the ones just, I think, slip through the cracks or we don't really understand them fully. I remember one of the ones that I, my dad, and I shared this example with everyone. He's one of the first people that really taught me this um, cornerstone. That That's really what it is. It's part of my life. It's never say you can't do something. And I remember at the time when he told me, I definitely did not take it the same way that I understand it now. I would, I probably thought something along the lines of, okay, dad, thank you. Can right. we just you know, move on to the next <laughs> <laughs> But now it's, it's so true. It's more true than it never has been. Literally the ability to never say you can't do something can drive you from nothing to everything that you envision. Right you know, can help you achieve any goal. And I think in your case, giving the space where the kids can see other people that are there for them at the end of the day that they didn't know might have been there for them. So when the times do get tough, when they do feel alone, when they do feel neglected, they at least know of at least one other person that I can pick up the phone and or even go in person and talk to them. And and I think that's the big thing too, right? Like you don't need to know that the whole world believes in you yeah. because they don't, right? I mean, no one's going to care as much about your dream as you do, right? but you just need to know that there's one person that cares that you succeed. Yeah. They may not care a bit about your dream, right? Because my wife, um, I'm lucky enough that she cares about foster care the same way I do. And, um, but she doesn't care about business the same way I do. Right. You know, business is a passion to me. It's not really a passion to her, right? but she cares about me excelling in my passion 
So she cares about it in that sense. And I think that was one of the other big points that I tried to get through was your, and I said it in Heather Parody's uh, podcast when I was with her uh-huh. and I said it, I said, your hustle has to be bigger than your struggle um, because yes. life's going to hit you, man. Like, I mean, foster kids, the statistics are astonishing. As you know, I mean, we're not expected to graduate high school. And if we do, we're definitely not expected to get a bachelor's degree. Yeah. We sure as hell aren't expected to get a <laughs> master's degree. Right. And you know, the odds are basically saying like, kind of like your whole thing, overcoming odds. Like they're saying that you can't. Right. And right. I'm saying you can, and you don't have to have everyone hear you say it, but just, just know that one person thinks that you can. If you can just think of one person in that moment when you want to quit, whether it's for me, it's my wife. Like I have two, my wife and my son. Like those are my people that I will never quit because of them. Right. Like, uh-huh. and hopefully one of those kids, like they heard today and they didn't have somebody and they said, you know, I remember that guy Roman said that, you know, someone loves me and, he, and they remember one hand that was raised. Right. Yeah. Because you don't need to remember every single person and you don't need to know every celebrity that that cares about foster children or that cares about whatever your struggle is. You just need to know that there's one person yeah. besides you because that's really all it is. And while I want you to believe in yourself so powerfully and so strongly that you don't need anybody, we're all human. We all want a little bit of validation. We all want to know that mm-hmm. there's someone out there in our corner, right? Like mm-hmm. that's just human nature and there's nothing wrong with that. So my thing is just know who that one person is, whoever it is, even if that one person is your dog, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't care who that one person is. Have that one and just keep pounding through, keep pushing through because man, I if I quit all the times I wanted to quit, I wouldn't have been up there this weekend speaking to those kids and telling them, you know, that, that you can get to see the world, that you can get to achieve your dreams. I mean, I wanted to be a soldier since I was playing out there on the playground at that foster care center and I made it happen. Now, did I do it for 20 years? No, because other things happen. Right. But I chased my dream and I got to do it. Right. And then I found my next dream and my next dream. And I kept driving and kept pushing forward and kept moving to those dreams. And I kept remembering that, well, now I keep remembering that there's someone that cared about me. Mm-hmm. How I made it through that point when I didn't realize that people loved me, I have <laughs> no clue. That's a grace of God kind of miracle thing. I made it. And now, but now that I know that I have people in my corner fighting for me, believing in me, wanting me to, to excel, I mean, man, that just, that puts a fire under me every morning that, that no alarm clock could ever do, you know? Yeah. And the possibilities are endless. And the other thing, with what you just said, as far as just having that one person, what I begin to believe is that it doesn't even matter how distant the vo- that voice is. Just knowing that there is a voice out there that can help you recreate that sense of hope, inspiration, motivate you when times get tough. And, you know, you are right as far as some of I, I'm. I think I am very fortunate to be able to name five people that are really, really there for me. In some cases, some people don't have five people. Right. So, but I think just having that one person that's there for you, that's constantly kind of your champion and being able to identify them. I think that was a very critical thing that you you did is you might have helped them identify their champion. And And that's what I hope I did because, you know, it's like anything else. It's like when you try to change your habits over time, right? Yeah. You can't just say, all right, I'm now going to 
eat healthy every single day of the week, right? <laughs> you start small. You say, hey, yes. I'm going to substitute French fries for celery, right? Uh -huh. And then eventually you do more and more and more. And then before you know it, you know, healthy lifestyle is your lifestyle. I think it's the same thing with self-worth and self-health, right? It, it, it doesn't have to be these monumental moves. Yeah, It just has to be consistent moves. So start with one person. Do I want it to grow to 5, 10, 50, 100, 1,000 people? Yes, because I, I wholeheartedly believe if we love and allow ourselves to be loved and we make that a focal point in our life, then we're going to succeed. If we go into, if we go into the day thinking, how can I help someone? Oh, then, your world changes. Then that's gonna, yeah, your whole world changes. So in my mind, start small because that's only going to grow yeah. because the feelings that you get, the way that generosity feels, I mean – there's a reason philanthropy is such a big thing, right? Because you can make all the money in the world. It's not going to do anything for you. Giving to people and giving, you know, that one resource that is more precious than gold, giving your time, giving your heart, giving your love, like giving that. Yeah. I mean, that does something so powerful. And then it gives back to you too. I can't explain it. I don't know in ways why you don't it even does. Know. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just does. It's just so the impact transcends you. And I, I wish I could explain it better than that, but that's really the best way I can put it. Mm -hmm. Final thought for today's episode. And I'm sure this is a question that you've heard as I ask it to a lot of our other guests. And that is who or what are you grateful for today? Oh man, this one is, this one is hard, but I think, uh, cause I did think about it, right. And there's a lot of different things. And I think, um, I really do have to think about it from the context of where I've been this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that, that I'm grateful for the foster home, not for the building or the place, but for the people, because I think like anything else, the people are really what something is, right? Like your, your organization is, is a mixture of people, right? right. Those people are what make it. And, uh, it's the same thing. I mean, the same caseworker that I had, she worked with countless other kids, you know, she still stayed involved even after she technically retired for all intents and purposes. The president of the company has been the president for 19 years. And even in talks of stepping down, he's still going to be an active part of it. So I think that the people of foster home who of, of that organization that, that stuck with me and kept me so strong in their life and said, you're forever a part of your, our lives and we're always here to help you. And then taking my son there and them, I mean, my son got treated like family. I mean, the kids played with him, every adult there, every worker grabbed him. So I think right now I'd have to be grateful for them and that their impact that they've had in my life and how much they've done to get me to this place that I'm at now where I'm saying, I made this great start, but how do I do more? Right. Mm -hmm. They helped me find that next level. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was going like, Oh man, you know, I've, I'm kind of at it. I'm talking to people. I'm doing some podcasting, I'm mm -hmm. doing all these different things. But then they basically said, okay, let's, let's crank it up a notch. Right. Yeah. So, so I think I have to say that, that they're having the biggest impact and they're the people I'm grateful for right now. It's amazing. And, and the thing that you mentioned, it just made me think of is that, your existence and your perseverance to be able to go through this journey might have been that hidden meaning for their jobs. Yeah. It might have given them a 
understanding of what their role could do to another person's life. Man, that's man, that's 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 steep too. I never I never really thought about it like that. But yeah, I mean, um, just like I'm telling people to reach out for that one, there's other people who are who are seeing us individually as that one person who is helping yeah. them. So yeah. yeah, man, that's that's so true. And 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 people, I think, the more you choose to help others, I think the more we begin to believe in that. Is that it? Really does boil down to I I think one person at a time, one day at a time. Yeah. I think that's the only thing we can control. Just like you said, we can focus on the masses and and stuff like that. But and there's it's not a right or wrong. It just depends on what you choose. But I choose to just focus on that one life because I know that that's the one life that I can actually help shift the perspective, help them look yeah, at man. a different view. And we're all at different chapters of our lives. So the things that you tell me now may not fully resonate or hit me until five years down the road because yeah. you also have to be at a point and a place where you are willing to accept that message for just beyond the words you have to accept right. the full thing the emotions the tone and everything that's being communicated through this particular message and there's no set time that you say okay my conversation with roman is going to impact me on this state <laughs> at this particular hour right and i think that's the biggest thing too is you know had we done this conversation last week like we intended to mm-hmm. We wouldn't have talked about any of this stuff, right? Like yeah. none of this would have been the topic of conversation. Yeah. But I'm glad that it did shift because this was such a powerful and defining moment. Like you said, I mean, it really did kind of change who am I? Not fundamentally down to yeah. the core, but it said, you know, how do you think bigger? How yeah. do you think more? What what can you do more now that you've been through this experience? And and I think to your to your helping people point. I gave a conversation to the masses and then one, one young man individually came to me and now I'm giving him that individual. Right. Yeah. So I think both methods can work and I think there's power in both ways. And I never intended to be a speaker, right? Like that wasn't, I didn't go into this and say, all right, so now <laughs> I'm going to tell my story and be a speaker and I'm going to speak to 300 people and it's going to be right. so great and amazing. Right. It happened. But then it happened to the level where I can go, okay, you want to do culinary school. You want to build your own business one day. Let me tell you, let me go ahead and show you some of the pitfalls that people 20 years in the industry wish they knew because I worked with them and I know what those are. So being able to do that, like I've gone through everything I've gone through to help somebody at a particular moment with something in particular. I don't know what that something is. It's like my grandpa used to say, you may have some skills that you learn in life that you only need to use one time for one person. And that's perfectly fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's so true. No, it's, it, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I think every experience is applicable, but you don't know the, just, you don't know how long you'll need it for. Um, Roman, how do people find you? And what are some of the things that you have coming up that people oh, can possibly man. be a part of? So, one of the big things I would like to do a shout out um, to look up the foster home that I grew up in national or the East Texas give day is coming up. So their giving day is coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a way for people to, to donate to that organization. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a lot, but you know, every dollar helps. Like if you can, if you can give up a Starbucks coffee that day and donate yeah. $5, that'd be awesome. You know? Um, and then if you can donate $500, that'd be awesome. Right. 
So whatever you can give to them, that would be so powerful. Um, that is the 19th, I believe is when that starts. But, um, along with that, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm constantly, that's where I mainly operate at and post my content. And I have a podcast that's launching next month. Um, first guest out of the gate will be Alan Stein Jr., the author of the book Raise Your Game. Uh -huh. uh, and so we'll be giving a giveaway for that, a signed autographed copy by him uh, for, for all the first aid listeners and subscribers. So those are kind of the places where I'm at, but I'm also getting more into Facebook and Instagram. And you can find me at Real Talk with Roman on those platforms. And for LinkedIn, you just look up Roman Roberts. Uh, I'm the guy with a good looking beard. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah, I enjoy it. Thank you for everything that you do and thank you for sharing your journey. Man, thank you for letting me. It's it's so powerful to tell a story and I hope, like you said, that it helps one person. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you next week.